0: Episode 136 of your best year starts here. What's really interesting for me is the music hasn't come on. I'm still talking, but now it's coming on. I'll shut up for a second. It starts right here. Perhaps the best is this one.
1: Yeah, trust you to actually talk over the music then.
0: That's because I forgot it was coming on because I don't really listen. That We've only been doing 136 episodes. So here's a question for you, and it's a slightly weird one. We're coming out of lockdown. There are things we said we should have done. There are things we have done that we didn't think we were going to do. And people still have an opportunity because we're going to have summer holidays very, very soon. And even though people aren't going to necessarily go away, go away, they still have time to do the things they've always wanted to do. They've still got time to write their book, to do a photo album, to redecorate a room. Tell me about your latest venture.
1: Oh, do I have to?
0: <laughs> I My- know you don't have to, but I think it might be interesting that something that you weren't going to do, we didn't even discuss within an episode, something appeared.
1: Yeah, so... Um... Okay, well, yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. You're talking about the book that I published called Fragments, right? Which I do, I do happen to have on my desk here. You go
0: back a step because you wrote your book, "Dumb Beats Perfect." I did, and you've had some phenomenal success with it, and I I'm have. really for you. Whilst you then had that memento, memento, that momentum, memento, yep, me- mementos, mint While you had that momentum, and your brain then learned a new skill. You then decided to do something else. So there are two parts to this that it's a bit like riding a bike. You know, once the stabilizers come off, you then think, well, I can ride a bike, then I can go on a bike trail, then maybe I can do BMX biking or whatever it might be. You decided to write a book. You then learn how to publish it. You then put it on Amazon. You've seen the reviews and they're amazing. Then you decided to do something a little bit crazy, which is a bit more left field. Yeah, But because you were on a roll, as we say, You then decided to take a bit of a risk. And it's interesting. People with high self-esteem take risks. And people who take risks have high self-esteem. I'm not sure you'd have written your second book first.
1: Well, in some ways I did. (laughs) In some ways I did. In some ways I did. Because the second book is actually stuff that I've been writing for uh, at least 20 years. So... But you didn't have the courage
0: to publish. No.
1: And actually, I'll go back slightly further. It's stuff I've been writing since I was a teenager, maybe even younger. But all of the stuff I wrote up until about the age of 18 or 19 became a bonfire when I was in my 20s because I didn't want anyone to read it. So I've written lyrics and poetry and music and stuff for for a very, very long time. And before I ever, before I ever even started writing the music, I was writing the lyrics. So I'd, I'd like listen to someone else's song and I'd write new words that fit their melodies and stuff like that as a kid. And um, I went through a phase probably between 15 and 18, where I was writing stuff every single day, literally every single day. And I had an old briefcase of my dad's that I'd changed the combination lock on it so nobody else knew it. And I had exercise books like you'd get at school that I'd write all this stuff in and they'd be in that in that briefcase, locked up, shoved under my bed, a couple of things in front. No one was ever going to find them. No one was ever going to know they existed. And in my early what, 20s...
0: What was the fear?
1: That I'd be laughed at if people read it. That was it. It was like, people are going to judge me and they're not going to judge me in a good way, right? And um, in my early 20s, I shared a few bits of that with a few. Actually, in my teens, there were a few people I shared the odd piece with, but I never shared anything in depth. Um, In my early 20s, I shared a few more things with someone and they said it was really good, but I felt embarrassed by it. And I literally...
0: I wonder how many people have a goal or a dream or something they'd love to achieve and they don't share it because it either sounds too big or showy-offy, that's a good new word here, showy-offy. You know, it's a bit like, you know, I want to do this. And so, but you're scared to tell people because it seems too big or you're, you're going to set yourself apart from some of your friendship level. So, you know, if you're in a certain place and you say, well, this is what I'd like to do, yeah, you get laughed at for being too good.
1: Yeah, well, I, I burnt a lot. I burnt a lot. And um, there was then a number of years where I didn't really write anything. And then when I started to write stuff again, I didn't share it. And when I say i didn't share it i mean my my mum um my mum read this new book this weekend, and um she said she basically said to me she went out to the garden with a cup of tea in the book, thinking she'd read a few pages and she didn't go back in the house until she'd finished it and she said i didn 't know you could write like that. This is my mum
0: she said that because i'm watching you
1: well, ignore how I felt about it for a minute. This is my mum that's known me, oddly enough, my entire life, she didn't know I could write like this because I'd probably only shared two or three pieces to her ever. Um And now she's just read a whole book of it. My first wife um messaged me Uh, because she's got a copy of the book and she was like, did you actually write all of this? I said, yes. And she's like, wow. And then her next thing was, which bits are about me? Because <laughs> she's been trying to figure out which moments in my life inspired which bits of the writing? Okay, because it's, it's lyrics and it's poetry and it's different, and it's not the thing that you know. It's not the thing that everybody What's necessarily expects out? from me.
0: You Why know? don't you just read one poem out? I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that.
1: All right, I will, but I'm going to find. I'm going to find something specific because um, and this is actually the one that my my first wife said. This this made her cry. This this really got to her. So I'm going to, and this you know. It, yeah I'll I'll just share this right and I'm not going to explain it too much it's called Man on a Bridge I may not know who this man is but I know something about him I know part of him gives up on life every single time you doubt him I know there's part of him that looks at you and says you're better off without him he's been disallowed and disavowed and his pain runs deep throughout him he stands on the bridge looking down in his throat he feels a lump He's scared to live and scared to die and he kind of wants to jump. Unsure how to carry on from this, looks for answers, but he's stumped. But in his chest, his lungs still breathe and his heart continues to pump. If he's lucky, he survives this day, even though he thinks his life's in tatters. And he slowly learns to love himself and create a life that matters.
0: Wow. Wow. You know, acceptance of oneself is probably the hardest thing in the world.
1: You don't know what to say, do you?
0: <laughs> I do. I've made, I, you oh,
1: spe- I've made you speechless. No, I've never no, done I, that before.
0: No, I trust me, I do. But I don't want you to go to a place where you're not ready to go to with what I was going to share. Because we all have that moment in our lives where we totally doubt our self-worth. <laughs> and when we doubt our self-worth and we don't love ourselves... Either life's not worth living or we don't know how to love other people. And it's a choice. You know, you really are on the edge. You know, they're, they're, I'm very lucky that, you know, I've been married 36 years. I have two wonderful children. I have a new grandson. And literally on Sunday, a couple of weeks ago, I took a picture of my family. And I went, my, my crew, my world. Because in that moment of time, th- these six people plus the baby, what, or the six plus me, this was my whole world on a table. yeah. Didn't matter. We weren't in the ball dives or we weren't, you know, whatever. We were just on a table. Yeah. And when you get to that place, who cares what someone thinks about you? Cause I've got my crew yeah. for you. You know that when you love yourself and you just can take a risk and you don't care what other people think your life changes. Yep. And so I'm so proud of you for putting out a, a book that's in theory so different in one way, but it shares with people yeah,
1: that is anyone that's watching this can see this. Anyone that's listening, unfortunately, can't. But that's the thickness of the book. That's what I was. That's the material I edited into it. So what's that four or five times thicker, roughly? Yeah. Um, I I actually could very easily publish at least two more books like that from the content I've already got. Um, I may at some point. I may not. I don't know. You know, for me, it was uh, it was something that I was incredibly, incredibly afraid to do incredibly afraid to do because everything in it is personal and vulnerable. It's not all about me, but it's all very personal, very vulnerable. There are there's not a single piece in there where at least one of the emotions in it isn't about me. I think is probably the thing to say. It's inspired by other people, other people's lives, news events, whatever. There's a piece of me, there's a like a stamp of my soul on every single piece that's in there. And that was scary as hell. But if you think back several episodes, quite a few episodes now um, towards the beginning of this year, we talked about like a word of the year. And I said, my word of the year was brave. Well, I don't think there's anything braver than what I've done with this. And even if nobody reads it, it doesn't matter. I didn't do it for that.
0: You but know, what's interesting. Yeah, the first,
1: the first book was a self-help book. This is a self book. This is, this yeah. is selfish. It's for me, you know, well, no, it's
0: not selfish. It's selfless in a way, because you put your heart and soul on, on a piece of, on a book. You put it out to the world. If it helps one person, that's selfless.
1: Mm, but it's, but, but it's, I think what I'm trying to say though is I, I did it for me. I did it for me to prove I can. I did it for me to say, you don't need anybody else's acceptance of this. You don't need anybody else's approval of this. This is you. And it's time to, it's time to show up as you, Neil, and not, not worry about what other people think. And I have spent, you know, a significant part of my life in fear of judgment and i've and I've, up, and I've stopped doing it and do you know what since i've stopped doing it my life is immeasurably better you know showing I... up is
0: different neil to showing off yeah let me just repeat that for everyone showing up is different than showing off and what you've done is you've shown up to the world this is who i am and if you get it you get it and if you don't that's also fine yeah when we do a, a, a self-improvement book, quote-unquote, you know I've written a number and you have, sometimes that's showing off to the world that we've got knowledge and I'd like to impart it to the rest of the world. Yeah. And you should all be as good as I am. When you do a book about you, that's showing up. Yeah, Because yeah. that's just the way it is. And I'm so proud that you've put it out there and now it's up to people to, to read it and think which poems could be them. Yep. Cause that's what poetry and song, you know, when you listen to a Celine Dion song and you're feeling great, you'll hear different lyrics to listen to the same song when you've just broken up.
1: I don't think I've ever felt good listening to Celine Dion, but that's not my choice <laughs> in music. <laughs> but, I but, but, I, <laughs> but, I, but I understand what you're saying. I think one other thing to say about the, about this book actually is, um, some of you would have noticed again, you can see this on video. You won't see it on the, on the audio obviously, but I wear beads like all the damn time. Okay. Um, And I'm at the moment. What I'm wearing is a traditional marla bead, okay, which has 108 beads on it. There is 108 pieces in this book for that exact reason. Traditional marla is split into three sections. The book is in three sections, and those three sections are the darkness, the shadows, and the light. And they're they're from different perspectives of the same story, really. You know, Um, because it's it's those dark places that you know some of us go to in life, and I hope you've never been there, and I hope you never go there. But a lot of us do. You know, one in four people suffers with some kind of mental illness in their lifetime. That's what the darkness is about. Regardless of what you label it as, regardless of how it shows up for you, that's what it's about. The shadows are about that kind of that middle ground where life's good, but there's something wrong. Or life's bad, but there's something good. And then the light is actually, it feels more like my life's working right now. And as I was compiling it, one of the the things that hit me, and you may or may not get this when you read the book, because... I went through at least 3 or 4 times the amount of content that's in the book whilst I was compiling it. But one of the things that hit me was all of the stuff that I would classify as the light was about things like gratitude, acceptance, you know, um believing in yourself, um, you know, self-honesty. It was all about that kind of stuff. It was about how well do I know me? How comfortable am I with me? How how accepting am I of things that I can't do anything about? How grateful am I for everything that I do have? Like The more of that that was in there, the more comfortable I am. And reviewing this stuff that, like I say, spans a 20-plus year writing journey made it really, really clear to me that the things that put me in a better space, you know, and we talked about making time for ourselves and stuff on some of these episodes – That's, that's where I make time for myself. I make time for myself to do those things, you know, whether it's going out for a walk and appreciating nature, whether it's sitting down and reading a book, you know, I do things that, that support me and me being a better me. And if I could encourage anyone to, well, there's a couple of things I'll say. One is if I can encourage anyone to do anything, it's make time to look after yourself. I think the other thing is for me, I find writing therapeutic, you know, it gets something out of me. There's two ways I tend to deal with anything that stirs things up in me. I either talk about them or I write about them. And um, whether you share it or not, it gets it out of you. And I think actually the final thing I'll say, there's a friend of mine sent me um, sent me a message on the weekend that said, I think, the, I think I've got an idea for your next book. And he gave me this title. And I replied to him saying, it's a great title, but you should write it because it came from him and it's relevant to his life. And I think he thinks I've got the answers to help him figure that out in his life, not realizing that he's already got me himself, you know? And so I think trust yourself, trust yourself, believe in yourself. And if it's something you want to do, go and do it. Don't go and do it. You don't don't need anyone else's approval. Choose yourself and get on
0: with it. Remember, even a small star shines in the darkness. So however shite it is, you can get through it. Yeah. See you next week, my friend. See you next week.